You know, I, I love it when God works things out because the main text that we have today has been shared twice, once by Mike and once by Carrie. And it's John 10.10, so you can turn there. Uh, it's going to take me a minute to get there, but we'll get there eventually. But it's, it's so fun to walk with God and, and watch what He's doing and to know that He cares about us. And one of the things we're going to find out is, is we're not alone in this world. When we give our life to Him, we are not alone. Whatever we're going through, He's right there with us. <clears throat> Last week we were, well, the message, the title is The Importance of Two. We're still on that subject. And um, last week I shared how we are all going to face wilderness experiences in our lives. You know, Abraham experienced a wilderness experience. Moses did. The Israelites did. All of humanity is going to. But the issue really isn't the wilderness that we're going through. <clears throat> it is our response to the wilderness we are going through. Because the wilderness reveals who we really are. It reveals our real thoughts. And it's in the wilderness that God wants to have us respond appropriately so He can begin to adjust how we're thinking about ourselves. The thoughts that we have. And it's in the wilderness experience that we will either draw closer to God or we will move further away from God. My father-in-law used to share and he, he said that the wilderness will either make you bitter or better. You choose. And so we must daily choose to follow after God's ways or not follow after them. And although God provides countless blessings for us in His covenant, <clears throat> They do not all automatically manifest in our lives every day. <clears throat> As we've shared, while the number two represents covenant, it also represents choice or agreement. And whatever we choose, good or bad, godly or ungodly, truth or a lie, we are in agreement with that. And that's how God works. That's how the enemy works. They suggest something in our lives and then we decide who we're going to agree with. The enemy is always lying to us, but God is always revealing truth to us. But we choose who we're going to listen to. And so as believers in Jesus Christ and his shed blood, we must still choose to live in the place of blessing and life. And we must make that a daily choice. I mean, it. Things don't just automatically change when you give your life to Jesus Christ. When you get born again, that's just the beginning. That's just the birthing of you into the kingdom of God. But there's so much more that God has for us. And that requires us to daily choose to follow after him and his ways. Daily choosing to get to know him. And walking in his ways. We read out of Psalm 119 this morning to open up and it. That psalm is so amazing because it keeps talking about us longing for God and His statutes and, 
and His ways because they're so much greater for us. They're so much more peaceful for us. And so, since the enemy and the Lord both work through agreement, we can look at our lives and we can determine who we're agreeing with. Are we agreeing with blessing or are we agreeing with curse? You know, nobody else is making that choice for us. And, you know, the crazy thing is, is the world blames God for things that are not his responsibility. When in truth, they are a result of Adam choosing to disobey God, to take things in his own hands and sin entered into this world. And the result of sin is destruction and death, which means that there is pain there's difficulty, there's abuse, there's heartache, and there's all kind of harm that comes from us walking in our now man-made, self-centered world. And if the truth be known, God has probably put a great buffer around the things of this world to protect believers. And, and actually, I believe to protect unbelievers as well. It could be a lot worse. God gets blamed for things like disease, car accidents, hurricanes, tornadoes, and other disasters when in fact they are a result of the curse or the works of the devil and sin in this fallen world. The devil is a liar and a thief and he can never change. And his one mission is to steal, kill, and destroy according to Jesus in John 10.10. 10. The enemy attacks our marriages, our children, our families, our jobs, our finances, our health, and our peace, to name just a few. And the enemy doesn't fight fair. He doesn't care if you're having a good day or a bad day. He's coming after you. And if you're having a bad day, it seems like he's coming after you even more. Because he doesn't care. And it doesn't matter. Our life isn't centered around what the enemy does and how he fights, whether it's fair or not. But we have to remember who the enemy is and what he does so that we are careful not to blame God for the things the enemy and sin have brought upon mankind. And if you found your way to John 10.10, this is what it says. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And, you know, it's amazing to me. That's his one mission. That's what his mission is for your life. When he looks at you, that's what he's focused on. is trying to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And this is Jesus speaking. And then he says this. He concludes this. I, Jesus, came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And so Jesus is clearly stating here that there are two ways for us to live. We choose the enemy's way who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, or we choose the way of the blessed life that God offers us through Jesus Christ and His shed blood. There's really no other choice. We're either going to allow the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy in our lives, or we're going to experience the life that God has for us. 
And as we've shared in the past, and it was shared this morning, but it's, it's one, of, one of the greatest insights that I have ever received in my life is the fact that we have to choose life every day. Because if we don't choose life, we're born into sin. We're born into death. We're born into destruction. You don't have to ask for it. Okay? But we have to choose life. We have to choose God. We have to choose blessing. And just because you're born again doesn't mean that you're going to get it. You have to choose it every day of your life. You have to choose to walk with God every day of your life. You can't date God. You can't date His Word. You can't pick and choose what you're going to walk in and what you're not going to walk in. You have to settle it in your heart and mind that you're going to walk with God. I'm going to share a, hopefully a simple concept with you this morning. But it'll be profound and, and powerful in your life if you'll, if you'll get it. And I pray that you do. Because we need this reality. We need to know that God desires for truth to guide us and to lead us. And we need to let it. Because truth brings us freedom. And it sets us free from the lies of the enemy in our past. In the Bible, there are two kinds of truth. Okay, they're found in the Bible. Okay? The first one is ugly truth. Everybody say ugly truth. The other one is beautiful truth. Everybody say beautiful truth. Now you're scared, aren't you? Beautiful truth makes you feel good. Beautiful truth says God loves you no matter what we do. And that's true, right? Beautiful truth says God will forgive any sin if we will repent of it and not just be in remorse of it, but, in, but repent of it. That's beautiful truth. And that's true. You find that in the Scripture. Ugly truth is our condition in this world without having put our faith in Jesus Christ. But it's also what we find in this world even after we have put our faith in Jesus Christ. So there's ugly truth before you come to know the Lord and there's ugly truth after you come to know the Lord. And I just want to encourage you, by no means am I going to exhaust this, but I trust that when you start reading your word, you're going to be able to pick out ugly truth and you're going to be able to pick out beautiful truth. All right? I'll give you some examples, but... Um, I just want you to see this. In John 10.10, 10, here's the ugly truth. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's true. But it's ugly. The beautiful truth is, Jesus says, but I've come that you might have life and he's saying not just a little bit of life that you're sliding in, but you have an abundance of life. It's overflowing. It's overwhelming you. That's the beautiful truth. 
And that's just found in John 10.10. 10. Now here's what we need to get. Truth that liberates us. Truth that frees us. Has to be a combination of the ugly truth and the beautiful truth. The two truths have to be combined. We need to hear the ugly truth. Because it will cause us to live right. And we need to hear the beautiful truth because it will make us feel right. God is not opposed to feelings. He just doesn't want us to live by them. When we combine both truths, we have the truth, and it is that truth that breaks our chains and sets us free. In John 14, 6, you can turn there if you want. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, this is John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, both of those statements are beautiful truths. Okay? They're beautiful. Because Jesus is saying, He's declaring who He is, what His mission is. Just like the enemy did, God does with Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And this next sentence, no one comes to the Father except through me. That's a beautiful truth. That's a truth that we can rest on. That's a truth that we can be settled on because we know that when we give our life to Jesus Christ, we have access to the Father. However, if you like ugly truth, then this becomes an ugly truth instead of a beautiful truth because you sit there in your mind and you think, well, that's pretty mean that God says that He's the only way, truth, and the life and no one comes to the Father except through Him. How... Narrow-minded is God. That's what ugly truth says. And so here, I want you to see this. We have to be able to sort through the beautiful truth and the ugly truth. I'm not going to read it, but later on in that same chapter, in verse 17, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit before that, but then in verse 17, He talks about how the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. So we have Jesus as the truth. We have the Holy Spirit as the truth. We have the Word as the truth because we know Jesus is the Word made flesh. And so God desires that we walk in the truth of God's Word. Guiding us. Directing our lives. All right, here's where the rubber meets the road. If you only live in beautiful truth, you become promiscuous. 
And you begin to say things like this, that you can sin and sin can come into our lives and God becomes an over forgiver of our lives. And allows us to sin in our lives unconditionally while he forgives us unconditionally. And that's not true at all. But when you take beautiful truth, and that's the only truth that you take, you believe that. But we have to remember there's ugly truth associated with this as well. Ugly truth in Romans chapter 6 says that the wages of sin is death. But the beautiful truth of that is, is, but God gave us Jesus Christ, sent us Jesus Christ that we might have eternal life. You see, beautiful truth will ignore the ugly truth that the wages of sin is death. So we have to be careful that we don't just settle on beautiful truth. We have to combine it with the ugly truth as well. Now, if you just settle on ugly truth and there is no beautiful truth, then, and, and when I say this, you're going to say, I know people like that. So just don't call out their names, okay? When we have only ugly, ugly truth, we become legalistic. We become superior and we become judgmental of others. Look, I, y'all are smiling. I know y'all have somebody's mind, somebody's name in your mind already. But isn't that the reality? When we have ugly truth, then you can't ever do anything right. Then everybody messes up. Yeah, well, everybody does. So we need the combination of both truths that become that when we have that combination of both truths, it becomes a a true weapon, a true sword that sets us free. And we also have to love the truth, not just believe it. Because it is the thing that we love that we're going to submit to. And that we're going to surrender to. If you just believe it. Who cares? The scripture says that. The the demons. They believe in Jesus and they shudder. And we can believe in him and it doesn't even faze us. We can know about him and it doesn't even faze us. We can know that Jesus sent. That Jesus went to the cross. Died for our sins. And we think nothing of it. We can know it, we can believe it, but until we put it into practice, it does us no good. And until we come to the place where truth is so loved in us that we will do whatever it takes to get it. And so that brings me to us telling ourselves the truth about ourselves. We have to do that. But we have to do it with the ugly truth of God's word and the beautiful truth of God's word.
You see, when we tell ourselves the truth about ourselves, then this will free us from the enemy, from Satan, who wants to tell us about ourselves. Because if we are honest about ourselves to ourselves, Satan has nothing more to add. And so let me break that down for you. If you think about yourself, that you're a nobody, Okay? So you are. Now, that may be true. You may be a nobody. Nobody may like you. Nobody may want to be around you. That might be true. You know what you can do with that? You can agree with God about that. You can say to God, God, you know what? I'm a nobody. And he'll agree with you. And then he'll lead you to his word. And if you will stick with it, he'll take you from that truth. And he'll let you know that you might think you're a nobody. But I want you to know you're a somebody. And I'm going to give you scripture for that in just a second. But we're his. We belong to him. And if we belong to him, then we're somebody. But you see, it's just like um, I get frustrated with people who don't ever want to talk about they're sick. Well, if you're never talking about you're sick, then you can't ever declare the healing by the stripes of Jesus Christ. And I'm not saying you have to dwell on your sickness, but you have to acknowledge your sickness. You have to know, yeah, you're sick. You know, God knew that the enemy would attack our bodies because it's the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God knowing that, then he provided healing for us at the same time that he provided salvation for us, he provided healing for us. But he even goes beyond that and he gives us doctors and nurses and all that staff. And thank God that he does. Because there's healing that can come from that as well. But if you never admit that you are sick, then how are you going to get healed? I think the struggle that we have, and this is where the church misses it, is we only want the beautiful truth. And we don't want, or we ignore the ugly truth, or any ugly truth. And so as believers, we need both. Think about your salvation. If you never... The only way that you can be saved is to understand the ugly truth about your life. That you are a sinner. That you are alienated from God, from the covenant that God made with Abraham that he has made better through Jesus Christ. We have to understand that until we know that ugly truth about us, 
we can't embrace the beautiful truth of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and the shedding of His blood. In order for us to be saved, God has to let us know that we were sinners, that we've sinned, that we need forgiveness, that we need redemption. He lets us know that, which is ugly, but then He reveals the beautiful truth in Jesus. And so we need to have that, but we can't be saved until we embrace the ugly truth and the beautiful truth together. And the power of the abundant life that God offers is to know and understand that even though the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy our life, God has sent Jesus to redeem our life, to give us a new one, and to give His Spirit, His fullness, His life in abundance. Think about this for a moment. Knowing the enemy's mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. How much more powerful, how much more meaningful does that make the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for our lives? When you've experienced the stealing and the killing and the destroying that the enemy has, and then you tap into the the salvation, the redemption, and everything that God offers us through Jesus Christ and His sacrifice and the shedding of His blood, how much more powerful is that in our lives? If there was no devil trying to steal, kill, and destroy our life, then there would be no need for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But since there is, greater is that sacrifice. Because God has overcome anything that the enemy throws our way. As a matter of fact, John, uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, I believe it is. John, talking about Jesus, he says that God sent him to undo the works of the enemy in our lives. And that means to untie, to unravel the lies and the hurt and the pain that the enemy has caused in our life. God has sent Jesus to unravel that and to set us free. So I want to encourage you that we need the ugly truth and we need the beautiful truth combined in our lives. If you'll turn with me to John chapter 16. Verse 33, we're going to, these are simple ones, but I'm telling you, you can see this throughout all of scripture. John 16, 33 says, I have said these things to you, that in me, you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So here we have the fact that Jesus declares that in Him we will have the ability to have peace. And because of Him we can take heart because He has overcome the world. Now those two truths are beautiful truths. But it is made more powerful when we merge it together 
with the reality of the ugly truth that Jesus is speaking here as well. And what's the ugly truth here? Jesus said, in the, in the world, in this world, right now, in your lifetime, you will experience tribulation. Isn't that amazing? God reveals the ugly truth to us, but He's surrounding it with the beautiful truth of who He is. And that's for us in our lives. Let me read this first part of, of John 16, 33 first. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. Okay. So what is He saying here? He's telling us that our peace is going to come from Him. Which means that it's not going to come from the world. Why is it not going to come from the world? Because it can't come from the world. Because the only thing that the world has to offer you, because it is under a fallen state, is tribulation. And there's no peace in tribulation. Unless you're walking with Jesus. And he says, the reason that we can have peace is because... He said, we can take heart. He has overcome the world for us. So in other words, his peace is something that's going to overcome what we're going to experience from this world. And we can take heart. We can be of courage because of that. In other words, Jesus is letting us know the ugly truth is, is that even if you walk with me, you're still going to experience tribulation. You're still going to experience difficult times in your life. But I want you to know something. You're going to have peace while you walk through it. And I'm going to, I have overcome it so that you can be an overcomer. And that's what Romans chapter 8 is all about, isn't it? All the things that we get to overcome. Now, part of it is, though, is, we only want the beautiful truth. We want to be the overcomer, but we don't want to embrace the ugly truth that says all of these things are going to come against us in chapter 8. You know? Because Paul, at the end of chapter 8, talks about what are the things that are going to try and separate us from the love of God. But then he says, but we're more than conquerors over all those. And it's a long list. If we were to deny the truth of having tribulations and wilderness experiences and trials and difficulties and heartaches, then Jesus' peace and His overcoming don't mean as much to us. But when we embrace the ugly truth with the beautiful truth, the beautiful truth becomes even more beautiful. So we have to stop denying, stop ignoring and resisting the ugly truth found in God's word about this fallen world so that we can embrace in a greater way, in a greater measure, the beautiful truth that God gives us in Jesus Christ. If we aren't a sinner, which is an ugly truth, then we have no need for a savior in Jesus Christ, which is beautiful truth. But when we embrace the ugly truth that we are sinners, wretched, and cannot save ourselves, alienated, foreigners to God and His promises, and that's all true according to the Bible, then Jesus' sacrifice and His shed, shed blood becomes 
much more powerful and beautiful to us. It's the blood of Jesus that seals the covenant between us and God and is a constant reminder that God is with us no matter what. I better look at your neighbor and say, no matter what. No matter what we have done. No matter what we have gone through. No matter what we are going through right now. No, no matter what our thoughts are of ourselves. And they're usually not good. You know, thoughts like, God, I can't believe you love me. Okay, I can't either. But he does. No matter what, we need to know that God is with us and for us. When things are going well, when things aren't going well, when we have, uh, when we are abounding, when we're a base, it doesn't matter. God is with us through the covenant of Jesus Christ. And the scripture says that it's a better covenant. His sacrifice and his shed blood. You know, I don't normally ask a lot of you, but I'm going to ask you to do something for me. I'm going to read our last scripture and I'm not going to have it come up, but I want you to just close your eyes. And let me read this scripture and I want you to think about you. Okay, don't think about anybody else. Just think about you with your eyes closed, except for Jenny. Keep your eyes open. All right, got your eyes closed? Some of you aren't obeying. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you. He who formed you. Fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When? Keep your eyes closed. Let's say when. Keep your eyes closed. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. If you can put that up, verse Isaiah 43, 1 up. You can open your eyes and look up. That's what God just spoke about you. Let's read it again. Find the ugly truth and find the good truth, the beautiful truth. But now thus says the Lord. He who created you, O Jacob. He who formed you, O Israel. And those are his children. Jacob first and Israel. So he's the one who created us. He's the one who formed us. And because he has created us and formed us, the very first words out of his mouth are, fear not. Isn't that awesome? So when you go home today and you're looking in the mirror, I want you to look in the mirror and say, Richard, don't say Richard, say your name. Richard, fear not. 
Try it. When you get up tomorrow, before you leave the house, before you even take a shower, look in the mirror and say, fear not. And if you'll do that, you'll start believing this, that he created you. He formed you. And therefore, you don't have to fear. Why don't we have to fear? For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Isn't that awesome? And I love verse 2. He doesn't start off if. He starts off when. That's the ugly truth. When. And it gets uglier. When you pass through the waters. Now the passing through is not the ugly part. It's the water part. The beautiful truth is. Is you are going to pass through. Right? When you encounter the waters. God says. I want you to know something. You're going to pass through. And then he says. Not only are you going to pass through. But I'm going to be with you. When's he going to be with us? When we are passing through the waters. I think we sang this song at the end. It was the last song. I am not alone. Isn't that amazing? She didn't even know what I was preaching on. I tried to get her to see it and she didn't, she didn't bite on it. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. So, the ugly truth might be that you're going to encounter some crazy waters, but the beautiful truth is, is He's going to be with you and you're just passing through. And through the rivers. Now, being on a river city, we know what that's like. It's not always a pretty scene. But he says, when we pass through the rivers, passing through, not there, but it's, it's there. But notice what he says about that when we pass through the rivers. They shall not overwhelm you. Isn't that beautiful? But see, if you're stuck on just the ugly, you're going to see the water, you're going to see the rivers, and you're going to think, God, where are you? How come you're not with me? But we have to know the beautiful truth is, is that while we're going through them, while we're passing through them, He is with us. So that ought to be encouragement to us that we're going to make it. It may not seem like it. It may not feel like it. It may not look like it. But He's with us. It's just like when he led them out of Egypt and took them to the wilderness and they were trapped from the Red Sea and the enemy coming after them and they looked in the natural and they didn't have any place to go. It looked like they were crazy, like God had lost his mind. And it may look like God has lost his mind concerning your life, but I want you to know something. He says you're going to pass through this because he is with you. We are not alone. He says, when you walk through fire, not if, when, when you walk through the fire, he's going to be right there with you. You shall not be burned. 
and the flame shall not consume you. Stand with me if you will, please. Here's the problem a lot of believers have with God. We're selective in the truth that we hold on to and the kind of truth that we hold on to. I have known a lot of believers who have started crying and bellyaching when they're going through the waters, when they're going through the rivers, when they're going through the, the fire. They, they, they settle in on the ugly truth about things, but they don't settle in on the beautiful truth. And part of the beautiful truth in this, these scriptures are the fact that he's with us, that we're not alone, that we're passing through. But to me, the greatest beautiful truth is the fact that he created us. He formed us. He's called us. We are his. What if you put on your mirror. Verse one. Isaiah 43, 1, where it says, Fear not, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. What if you started reading every morning that, that verse? Do you think that things would change in your life? Do you think the outlook for your life, for your day, would begin to change? I believe that it would. And especially if you write the whole thing. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you and, and take out old Jacob and put in your name. He who formed you, take out O Israel, put in your name and say, fear not. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. If you were to begin to believe that, it wouldn't matter what you walk through. Because you know, first of all, that you're his. And when we know that we are his, the scripture says, what can man do to you? Nothing. They have no hold over us. This world has no hold over us when we know who we are. And most believers walk around, as soon as we encounter the waters and the fire, we start belly aching. Well, memorize Isaiah 43.1. Get it in your heart and mind. Get it in your spirit. Wake up every day thinking who you are. So that when you do encounter difficulties, you can say, hey, he's redeemed me. He's called me. I'm his. And then you can say to yourself, fear not. Amen. Everybody say, fear not. Father, we thank you for this day and the love that you have for us. And Lord, I thank you for your truth. I thank you for the ugly truth. But I thank you for the beautiful truth as well. And Lord, I pray that you would cause us to be a people who merge the two together, who combine the two so that we live in reality. We don't live in a fantasy world.
And Father, may it be solidified in our hearts and in our minds. That you have created us, that you have formed us, that you have redeemed us, that you have called us, that we are yours. That when we pass through the waters, you will be with us. When we pass through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm us. When we walk through fire, we shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume us. And therefore, we choose to fear not. Thank you for that hope and that promise. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. All right, go out and fear not.